Are you ready to finally start your own podcast? Maybe you already have one, but need a podcast manager to help you level up. We're here for either. Book a call at www.kangroofern.com www.kangroofern.com He's the Chief of Business Development at Renegade Radio, Malaysia's premier podcast network. As the resident podcast rainmaker, he produces shows for clients who want to share powerful conversations with the world. He's the host of multiple podcasts, including Pod Lovers Asia, covering the Asian podcasting ecosystem. Please welcome Norman Shella. All right. Okay. I think uh, we are in now. Hello there. And thank you for welcoming me, uh, to the, uh, amazing pod fiesta. I see that everyone is up here asking a lot of questions and getting their, you know, daily dose of podcasting tips and tricks. Uh, I, I was given a, the topic of how to market your podcast in Asia. There are many angles to tackle this, this phrase, this sentence, because we will have to first start off with defining what it is to have a podcast within Asia. And then from there, I'll share a little bit of, shall we say, a little bit of case studies and examples and a few stats from a few shows that I keep in touch with in terms of how they've been marketing their show and where they have seen their successes, their failures. And from there, we distill it down to a couple of key advantages, a key as a few key aspects to really get your audienceship like your audience listenership to focus more on an Asian, uh, like more emphasis on an Asian audience. So might as well get right into it. I'll screen share my, my, my monitor later on, but I might as well just start off with, um, if we want to focus on marketing a show in Asia, we really want to know a little bit about the ecosystem and how it works here and some of the best practices if you want to actually up your listenership. Because we can always grow a podcast and have a global audience, but what about trying to tap into the local listeners if you're based in, say, Malaysia or in Singapore or in Indonesia and maybe even in ASEAN or even East Asia? So to first understand what it means to market a podcast in Asia or Asian podcasting, we can't think of Asia as one market. Asia consists of many countries, cultures, subcultures, and languages and different levels of technological development. That means that even if you have potential listeners, even if you have potential um, a, a potential audience, how they access your show may differ. They may have different behaviors that result in them listening to your show. How they subscribe to your show may be very different. Some of them don't even click the subscribe button, or maybe they choose to follow your Instagram page or your Facebook page for information as opposed to actually listen to your show. So your numbers on your show may not necessarily reflect the entirety of your audience. And we're seeing those, we're seeing that quite consistently with some of the shows that we work with in Renegade Radio and some of the conversations that I've had with a few other guests on Podlovers Asia where I really wanted to understand uh, what is happening uh, when it comes to growing a show here, um, focusing on Southeast Asia in, for the time being? Now, marketing your podcast uh, in Asia, you would want to know what devices are people mostly using. Uh, iOS and Apple devices, they only comprise of from 15 to 20% of global penetration rate, as uh, mentioned by, let me just get the number up from Global Stats. 
So we're looking at 80% penetration rate of Android mobile phones. So one question for you, if you want to market your podcast in Asia, can you even access your podcast from an Android mobile device or, you know, a Windows device? It's interesting to note this because a number of like quite a number of metrics and measurements for any podcast when they're looking at their analytics, when they're trying to determine how they're getting the listenership, uh, they would look at Apple Podcasts for analytics or to send that link to people. They'll say, hey, listen to my show on Apple Podcasts, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But because of this minimal penetration rate for iOS devices, it's greater, it's actually best practice to emphasize to listen to your show in some of the more OS agnostic channels to listen to a show. We're seeing a lot of success in Spotify. We're seeing a lot of success in web links, as in like you have your embed for your podcast on your main website and you direct people not to a direct link to the episode, but rather to a blog post that contains the episode. And people would then listen to it either through their own devices if they already have that behavior installed with them, or they listen actually directly from the web browser or the web page itself. So do take note if your show is accessible on Android. Uh, another thing to note is if you want to determine whether or not your podcast marketing strategy is successful in Asia, do note that listenership rates can vary by region because of different levels of penetration rate for mobile phones and devices and therefore different behaviors for podcasting. Even the medium of podcasting is still a little bit I shall say, in infancy stage and still heavily on the rise right here in ASEAN, we still note, and in Renegade Radio, we still talk to people about the awareness of the medium of podcasting. Why is it different from, say, radio? Why is it a different format or a an easier format to consume than, say, a blog post or a video? What's What are the benefits of passively listening to a show as opposed to directly watching it, it on, say, YouTube? And I will touch on YouTube later on because that is actually very relevant to growing a podcast uh, in Asia. Another thing to note is that listenership for Asian podcast markets are not always in English. So depending on the depending on the topic or the mission or the niche of your show, you won't know if you are going to capture the entirety of an audience in, say, one country, let's say Malaysia, because we have so many different languages here, English, Malay, Mandarin Chinese, Hakka, Tamil, etc. Do we know that we are penetrating the entirety of the podcast market there because we don't speak in only one language and there are market-specific attributes for different countries where we, for example, mix different languages in one sentence. So, who will that target? Who will that narrow down the availability or the extent of one, your expected numbers? And two, how are you comparing those numbers to the average show growing with a global audience where it's English only? So do take note that it's, it's try not to obsess a little bit too much uh, over the number of listens that you're getting per episode. If you're growing a show uh, within the Asian region, it's it's perfectly fine. You're doing fantastic. And I think there's less emphasis on growth in numbers and more emphasis on loyalty, on sustaining these numbers. And sustaining is a very important word for how we are thinking about marketing here. Uh, but I'll touch on that in a little bit. So marketing a podcast in Asia, we have a couple of aspects that we like to emphasize when it comes to what can I do with my show to make it more attractive to Asian listeners? 
So the first point would be niching to an Asian audience, uh, right from, from, right from the get go, which is great for a lot of beginner podcasters. Uh, but I will touch on what you can do for podcasters who have their shows where they have a broader spectrum of topics that they cover and it's not necessarily relevant to an Asian audience, but you can do, you know, a little bit of collaboration here and there, which I will touch on in a bit. So when you want to niche down to an Asian audience, you want to decide beforehand that this podcast is for a specific country, a specific market in a specific language and much more. That means maybe limitations in growth. That means Maybe it'll be harder to find the communities and the sources of potential listeners and or the sources of consumers of your content because in the end, podcasting is a medium. It's a vehicle to send a message. How you articulate the message is a different story. If you want to capture all kinds of consumers, then that is what you should. That's how you should visualize it. So think of it as a web Your main biggest node is the podcast and you can break branch it out to different ways like a really quick audiogram, a quick interview, a video version, and even a blog post summarizing the episode. That is one way. Now, an example of this would be the stats for one of my shows, Potlivers Asia. So right now I will share my screen. And just give me a second while I do this. So. Uh, these are the numbers for my, my show, Pot Lovers Asia, where I focus mainly on talking with people within Asian countries, uh, as well as the Asian American podcast ecosystem. Uh, rather than looking at the numbers themselves, uh, because these numbers do not necessarily reflect the entirety of the show as this, this came from a, uh, from a hosting platform transfer, so it doesn't reflect all the numbers. I want you to take a look at the percentages here. Now, percentages are very interesting because we have uh, Asia downloads at 50% of, of my, the entirety of my listenership as compared to, say, North American listeners at 24, 25%. This is very interesting because it contrasts or contrasts with some of the shows that we work at Renegade, uh, as well as independent podcasters in Malaysia, where they have up to 45% of listeners coming in from North America. And one potential reason why that is a, why that is so is that organic discovery of podcasts, the behavior of such is normalized within North American audiences. Therefore, it will be most likely or much easier for them to actually want to search for shows related to this topic or related to uh, the mission behind your show or to this episode or to this guest that you've just interviewed that is based in Asia. And then they search on it, you know, in Apple podcasts and they think, Oh, this is fantastic. This is amazing. This is very important because we are seeing a lot of that <laughs> in, in Malaysia as well as in a lot of Singaporean podcasts, their analytics state that a large percentage of them have listeners from North America, even if they have niched down to an Asian audience. So as much as we emphasize niching down to an Asian audience to limit the, to, to increase the relevance for say our local listeners, you're still going to get a large percentage of listeners, a significant percentage to be from North America. So do take that into account when you're trying to niche as much as possible. 
don't think of it as a failure that you're still seeing, say, more listeners from outside as opposed to inside. It just means that the trajectory for growth of podcasters or podcast listeners, rather, from these regions are different in their rate. So the rate in which you will get more American listeners, for example, will be higher than the rate that you'll get more listeners in Asia. That, that I think that's what the these are some of the hypotheses that we're testing out uh, here within the, the circle. So it's it's pretty fantastic to see it like growing consistently over time. But I hope to test that uh, with with greater granularity of data. Uh, another example is that by niching to an audience, it actually helps you with with one figuring out your content marketing strategy surrounding the things that are related to your podcast. And two, figuring out or assigning the behaviors of other mediums that are not necessarily connected to podcasts and using that as a, as a springboard to get people to listen to the full show. One of the, one of the guests, uh, on Pod Lovers Asia is Nathaniel Fetalvero from Tech in Asia and Tech in Asia is a, um, is a publication covering the media and tech startup scene uh, across Asia. So they've already niched their brand uh, within Asia, the entirety of Asia. And they'll, you know, they'll only talk about all things Asia, which is fantastic, right? It's, it's uh, all in good. And they have assigned their podcast content marketing strategy to be in parallel with their content marketing strategy as a publication. So their blog posts come out Mondays, Tuesdays, and then they have a set time where it'll be coming out during, say, lunchtime, where people are most likely to want to take a break and listen, uh, either listen to a show or read a blog post. And by assigning micro posts or summary posts and or Instagram stories, they are able to funnel a number of readers for their brand and convert them into podcast listeners. It's amazing because we don't really talk about Podcast marketing as, oh, this is how you get more listens. This is how you get more, uh, more subscribers by marketing, by not marketing the podcast enough. This is like a, this is more of a secondary level where we talk about creating content that is, that talks about the podcast, but the CTA or the call to action there is to listen to the full show if you want more information, right? And this kind of, this kind of practice is becoming more common here because there is still the critical mass of regular listeners because the listenership rate it varies by region it's not big enough to it's not big enough to make us want to recommend that you only focus you should only focus on growing your show by growing your show like we should only like one way is to look at it is to what are some of the indirect ways to market your show We've seen some success in that. We've seen some podcasts that are repurposed into video format. We've seen some podcasts that are repurposed into summary videos or, or mini video essays, uh, as well as audiograms that are shown on Instagram stories. Um, and I've said Instagram stories quite a number of times here, and we have seen some, some success with Instagram stories as one way of getting people to follow the brand behind your podcast, which will then lead you to trust them and therefore lead you to want to follow the show as a call to action naturally, right? Is the, the notion here is to naturally get people to want to follow whatever activity it is that is surrounding your podcast and just by osmosis make you want to listen to the rest of the show. Now, the other interesting attribute is community component. Uh, I will now 
share my screen again. So let me just do this one more time. Just really quickly. So this is the stats for one of the shows that Renegade Radio is working on called Two Book Nerds Talking. A little bit about them. They focus on it, the, it's two co-hosts and they love books. They are absolute book lovers and they do a lot of events surrounding reading, uh, release of new books, etc. A lot of collaborations with like local bookshops and more. And they have a huge Facebook group. And I think it's like 9,000 members or something like that. A huge Facebook group where they bring in all kinds of readers and book lovers. And they have this podcast, Two Book Nerds Talking. And they're seeing a number of success. What they do to maintain an, a great number of listenership is one, to niche down to Asian literature. And two, to broaden it out, testing the waters here and there with a couple of episodes of, oh, let's expand to global literature or let's, let's expand to other authors coming in and wanting to do their book tours, etc. And that has resulted in, not sure if you can read that, but I will just read it up for you. Malaysia at 45% or 46% of listenership for, uh, for this show. So that's close to one country at 45% listenership. That is crazy because most of the time it's spread out to uh, Southeast Asia or East Asia. And they do cover different kinds of literature uh, all across the region, all across the continent, rather. Yet, they have focused on, uh, yet their audience consists of mainly one country. And we were asking ourselves why, and it's because they do a lot of their feedback loops and their marketing strategies all across their Facebook group that is running concurrent with their show. So they already have an amazing community component that will Continue the conversation beyond the listener listening to the show. Either they, either any person who is a fan of the show or a fan of these two co-hosts, they will choose to one, oh, I want to join the Facebook group because I want to talk about reading books and, or two, listen to the show. If they pick path one, they will be there and they'll be part of the environment where they will just naturalize themselves with the rest of the community to talk about books and talk about reading. So they will accept the social media posts that are coming in where they're talking about the release of the new episode, uh, any hype posts they are talking about upcoming books and they have an episode that is concurrent with that. This is when the funnel for Facebook members leading to more and more listeners of the show grow. Now I say this and they're niching down yet. We still see, and I'm not sure if I can read this properly, but I think that says around 35% of listenership is in the U S. Once again, that is still another pattern of U.S. or North American listeners naturally discovering these shows, no matter where they're from. So even if you niche down, there's only so much you can do before you're trying to achieve like a, a unless you have an expectation as to I want 80 percent of one country to be listening to my show, then uh, it will be very difficult to achieve such. But I don't think you should be focusing too much on on percentages uh, only to use it as a way to dictate, oh, should I start thinking about content uh, within this region to 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 resonate more with the audiences here? But that should not be a measurement of your success. It should only just be an, ob an observation, an insight, right? Now, uh, the last part is star power. So star power is... Star power is a very interesting attribute uh, that we see in a lot of podcasts here 
where if you are starting a podcast and you already have an audience, it is a lot easier to have loyal listeners from the very beginning if you want to actually market a show for the first time, like ever, right? If you already had a really large following, it's a lot easier for you to gain listenership in you know these countries, especially if you have star power from a different medium. And the reason why I think of this as an attribute that is essentially great or useful for marketing a podcast in Asia is because we are seeing a number of influencers and YouTubers within the Southeast Asian space creating a podcast and getting a spike in numbers really, really quickly. And this is, this is reflective of a subset, sorry, not a subset, an aspect of culture within many Asian countries where we we like to follow celebrities, influencers, notable people, KOLs, key opinion leaders in specific fields, no matter what the format is. So they're seeing some success where you have these YouTubers who have large, like large numbers and large subscribers on their channel. And once they create another branch for, you know, their entirety, their content network, which is a podcast, uh, star power ends up becoming an influence as to the spike and the sustain of the numbers that we see for a lot of Asian podcasts. Now, this doesn't mean that you should be a celebrity before you should start a podcast. No, it just means that it, it just means that there is your followers, your subscribers, your body of work in other mediums outside of podcasting will have an impact on your overall listenership if you're starting a show and you're marketing it in Asia. People will want to look at what you've done before before they would decide to follow you, before they would decide to listen to you. This means that a lot of comments, a lot of comments, a lot of conversations, a lot of interactions with listeners, at least within Malaysian podcasts, actually stop at the social media channels that they are active in. Once again, Instagram is a big one. We're seeing numbers for Instagram and LinkedIn. Those are the two main channels. Uh, Facebook is a huge one if you have a community that is actually heavily related to that. Instagram is a big one because your the barrier to wanting to comment on something or the barrier to wanting to react to your social media content that is related to your episode of the latest show or the rela- latest release rather is pretty quick. So a lot of your fans may not necessarily be listening to your show, but they are responding to your star power or responding to your ability to voice your opinions out loud, be insightful, be useful for their feed by commenting on it, by reacting on it, by liking on it. So as much as these factors or as much as these metrics don't necessarily reflect in how well your show is doing, they still, they still should be considered as I'm trying to grow an audience for my mission. How can I define success that way? Now, if you want to tap into this space for um, for Asian markets, uh, it's uh, with with all of that being said, uh, right before it's there. There are a few ways to tackle it. There are a few best practices, of course. Uh, you have to make sure that you have your Podchaser page really ready, so you can collect reviews and comments and more there. Once again, not everyone has an iOS device, so they can't give you a review. So best to lead them to your Podchaser page, which is, you know, the best place to get one because it's the IMDB of podcasts. So you can collect all of your interesting data there. So make sure to get that and make sure to find 
make sure to have a start here page to get the best out of when you have a new listener. What's the best way to catch up with all the interesting content and episodes that you've already created? And to ensure that that is accessible from their favorite app and ensuring that that app is available on Android. We normally like to emphasize Spotify as one way of listening to a lot of our shows that are geared, geared towards, uh, geared towards pop culture, geared towards, uh, politics, geared towards a lot of conversational shows. Uh, time, nine times out of ten, it tends to be Spotify for a lot of people who want to listen to the show. And so Spotify and YouTube. A lot of people here also like to listen to the shows on YouTube, even if it's just a thumbnail and you're listening to the show. They would still just want to access the content or the episode just by clicking on a YouTube link and then just letting it play in the background. It is how we're seeing it. With all that being said, um, it's kind of difficult to say, oh, uh, how to market your podcast in Asia. These are Asia-specific things that you should do. I feel like a lot of these tips I'm about to give are very... They are very universal. The only thing is these tips or these methods have just been the ones that are consistent and has resulted in growth in the markets here over and over and over again. So for us, like for example, in Renegade, we emphasize, like we're trying to develop a new system for marketing a podcast and we're calling it the spike and sustain marketing. So spike and sustain consists of two things, spike and sustain. And spike, a spike means any activity that allows you to see a spike in listenership or a spike in the growth of your show. So this could mean landing a high profile guest. If you can get the CEO of maybe a large airline company to come in and, you know, uh, have their like be an open book and then ask them really deep philosophical questions. That's amazing content. That's a spike because people will be interested in that person. That person has star power and they will attract their fans towards that person. And you as a show are now associated with that person's name for that time. And that will result in a spike. Sustaining is when you want to sustain as much and sustain and capture as much of the listener metrics that have that have come in as a result of your spike. So your goal is to make sure that people know that you're active, you're relevant to their feed, and that you're alive. One example of this would be to have a ton of audiograms, a ton of discussions, a Facebook group to keep the conversation alive after an episode is out. Because the point of sustaining is to reduce the time decay in which the numbers for your listenership will go down. So we're seeing a number of success for Asian podcasters where one, they would actually post less on social media. But when they do post, it's on discussions and interactions and Instagram comments and Facebook comments and events and the podcast guesting somewhere instead. And some of these shows, they're not even weekly. They're not even fortnightly. They might even be just on demand. Yet they're still seeing numbers spiking and sustaining the point is when you when you focus mostly on social media posts on like you know monday wednesday friday etc 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 a lot of that is just sustaining and letting people know that there's an episode out the spike is weaker than expected so you will only result in an emphasis on the sustain that's what we're saying where 
where there might be a flaw there. So when you want to market your podcast here, there's actually greater emphasis on omni-channel marketing where we want to see the growth in, say, Instagram on Facebook as opposed to how can I get my podcast stats up? How can I get my listenership up? No, the correct question here is what can I do to excite people to come to my show? And what can I do to sustain the conversations surrounding my show? Asian listeners love that more because that transcends mediums. It can be an Instagram discussion. It could be a Twitter discussion. It could be a massive tweet thread. It could be a Facebook page or a Facebook group discussing about just one question that was mentioned in an episode. And you're associating that episode with that marketing strategy. So that's some a little bit of a gold nugget for you there. <laughs> now, I think that's very, very universal. We are just seeing more of that happen. And we are seeing more of that happen because in Asian podcast markets, the organic podcast discovery behavior as seen in North American markets is not as strong as uh, what we're seeing here. So my takeaway here is if you want to market your podcast in Asia, you want to increase your relevance to the audience. You want to, maybe you want to try out an episode in a different language. You want to try to create an episode that is a collaboration with an influencer or a guest, a high profile guest within Asia so that you can capture that audience just for that time. That's a spike. And the goal then after is to sustain and remind people that their audience or that person's audience can look at you as a source of insight, the same as they would because they were following the guest. And that's just a matter of repurposing that or trying to get that feeling over and over again in many different social media channels as you, an independent podcaster or a podcast agency, as much as you can possibly do. For us, we've seen success in Instagram. We've seen success in LinkedIn for more B2B corporate conversational podcasts for more professional shows, branded podcasts rather. And for independent podcasters, we're seeing Instagram and Twitter are, are doing really, really well. Facebook, depending on the country, uh, Malaysia is extremely successful. Uh, Facebook is great for discussions, although I can't comment too much on that. Um, I, none of my shows have an emphasis on, on Facebook itself, but for Renegade Radio, a lot of the shows we do, we provide, um, a number of, shall we say, we, we do have a lot of feedback from people in terms of Facebook and Instagram. So Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And if you're an indie, I would say that one way of growing your show is to grow your name, is to let your name out there. And maybe people across Asia will know your name and therefore associate your show as a body of work and therefore a sign of success. And that would be enough to compel them to want to listen to your show beyond just consuming it at your relevant social media channels. And that's pretty much it uh, from me. Marketing a podcast in Asia is pretty much a lot of the same best practices you would see in many different regions. It's just that some of the barriers include, you know, ensuring that your show is accessible on Android. Your show is touching on topics that people want to listen to within these countries. Maybe language is a factor. And also forgiving consumers and fans for not completely going all the way to their app to listen to your show. They may just want to consume your content, not, not as a podcast, but within the realm and within the circle of your podcast. And that is it for me.
This podcast is produced and managed by Kangaroo Fern Media Lab, Australia's independent video and podcast company. We do the podcasting hard bits so you don't have to. We make podcasts easy. Book a call at www.kangaroofern.com. www.k-a-n-g-a-r-o-o-f. 